Okay. Um, well, there's two. The first one was not, I, I, I was not dead, but I experienced everything that you would experience if you were. And the second experience, I was dead. <laughs> I did die. So uh, first, I guess I start with the first one. The first one deals with my mother. Me and my mother were very, very close. We loved each other very much. She was my life, my world. We were very close. And uh, I was a musician, a singer, and a saxophone player. And she, she brought me my first saxophone. She saved her money. She didn't even have a job. She saved her money and brought me my first saxophone. So when she got sick and she died, my world just crashed. I, I couldn't really handle that so well. I was almost like suicidal. I didn't, I wasn't trying to kill myself, but I didn't care if it happened. So I was, I started to drink at about two weeks after she, she died. I started to drink and I had a routine. I would go to the bar, drink, and then come back to my room and cry myself to sleep. That was my routine every night for about a week and a half after she died. And then this one night I was coming back from my normal routine and I'm going to sit on the side of my bed and just cry myself to sleep. And I turned out the, normally I come into my room. I was living in Canada at the time. And normally when I come into my room, I turn out the light and then I sit on the bed, do my usual routine, cry myself to sleep. Well, this particular night I turned off the light and I went to go to untie my shoes, my sneakers. And I noticed that there was still light. And I said, that's funny. I know I turned out the light. And then when I looked up, here's the crazy part. When I looked up, it was like the sun that you see in the sky was in my room. And out of this bright light that was full of love, like it, it was like, only way I can describe it really is like, if you go to the ocean and you're in the, uh, on the beach and one of those waves are too tall for you and it just covers your whole body. That's how it was. It covered my whole body, but it was love. And it just covered me totally like <laughs> it covered me. And then out of the, this big light came two smaller lights. One was a little bit bigger and then the other one was smaller, but they still weren't as big as what I would call today now. God's light was like the sun, but they were smaller lights, like stars or something. And they came out and my mother was a smaller light and they came out, kind of floated out towards me. And I recognized that the smaller light was my mother. And the first thing I, I said was, wow, mom, it's like that over there. Wow. I was so relieved because all I knew was that she had died at I didn't know where she was anymore. I just know she wasn't no longer alive, not here. So when I saw that it was, she was alive and everything was well, I was kind of like relieved. And then she started to talk with me, but she kind of not like we're talking now, but the same, like she kind of would shoot the conversation into my head. Uh, it's a telepathy, I guess you would call it. And, um, she said to me uh, that I'm going to tell you a week in advance what's going to happen in your life. So you know that this 
experience actually happened. That you'll know that it's no doubt it's totally real and you will remember it. So she told me, I was a musician at that time, and she told me that, and I wasn't working, hadn't worked in about maybe two, three weeks. There was no jobs. She said, a week from now, you're going to have a job. She said that uh, there's going to be two, some, a bouncer there. And she said, this bouncer is going to be like a homosexual and, that, and a psychopath. She said, he's going to make a pass at you. And she said to me, don't get into a dispute or argument or fight with him. Because she, my mother knew me. I mean, I was in my 20s. I call it the roaring 20s. <laughs> and I don't have nothing against anybody who's gay or lesbian. But if they come on to me knowing that I'm not gay, I was going to defend my manhood, put it that way. And, and I wasn't scared. You know, I wasn't looking for trouble in my 20s, but I was, it was like, <laughs> I always say a Western, like, I'm not looking for any trouble, but if trouble comes, I can handle it. <laughs> so, yeah. So she said, don't get into an argument with him because he is a psychopath. And then she said, there's two prover probabilities that could happen or two like timelines. I don't know, something like that. And she said, one timeline, he kills you. You would be killed. And she said, the other timeline, you would kill him, but you would go to jail for the rest of your life. And she said that those two timelines, one of them will happen if, if you get into a fight or an argument with him. So I said, no, mom, don't worry. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna fight him because she knew me. I, I was really like, what a guy come after me. What a gay guy. What that and knows that I'm not gay. Oh yeah. I was ready to punch him or something, but, um, and she told me not to. So I said, okay, I will. And then she told me another thing. She said, the girlfriend that I had at the time, I had been seeing her for about a year, year and a half. And she said, your girlfriend has three kids that you don't know about. And she said, she's going to try to have a fourth kid with you. And she said that she's going to lie about it. She would try to lie about it. Maybe say she was on a pill, which she wasn't stuff like that. And she said, these things I tell you now, so you know, and you'll remember that this happened. And I said, okay, mom. And then I asked mom, who's this other light <laughs> that's staying here? And then the light spoke to me and it said, I'm like escort, escorting my mother into this world. And it said, this is an inter exact words. Actually, this is an interruption in your life. And then I said, oh, wow. I said, I'm going to have to ask some questions here <laughs> because I said, Hey, I got God in my room right now. I want to know, I want to know, Hey, who's going to be my wife? Who's how many kids I'm going to have? Why am I here? And all that. And this, what I would call kind of like angel said in a very neutral, calm voice said, I'm going to answer all your questions, but you won't be allowed to remember. So I got all the answers from that, that angel, but I was only allowed to remember what my mother said for a week. So, so after that, because I, like I said, it was like, basically like star Wars in my room, like star Wars. And they, that was all they had to say to me 
and my mother said, yes, she said, I'll always be around you, but you won't be as much aware of me as you are tonight. But she said, I'll always be with you. I'll always be around you, but you won't be aware as much as you are tonight. And then they slowly glided away from me, um, kind of like an ice cube would slowly melt in a glass. And as they slowly pulled, oh, the light started to leave and they slowly pulled out, uh, tears burst out my eyes. It just rolled down my face. And, um, and I just said, I said, nobody's going to believe this. Nobody's going to believe me. They're just not going to believe me. It's so incredible. And then they were gone. Then the week went on and then I got a phone call. My band members called me and said, Hey, we have a job. Just like my mother said, I said, Oh, wow. This is beginning to be interesting. I said, okay. And uh, we got a job, huh? I said, yeah. He said, oh. so I said, okay, we, we do the job. And then I went to the job to do the, like what we call it a sound check. We do a sound check before we start to play. And as I came into the, to the club, the new club, this was in Montreal, Canada, by the way, there was this huge bouncer. Now I, I'm a big guy, but he made like me, like I'm like, he made like two or three of me, but he was like this, like the wrestling type, you know, really one of his arms was one of my body. Something like that. He was huge. And, and I saw him. He didn't, at that time, he didn't say anything to me, but it was daytime and it was just a sound check. So that night I came, we came in and we did our first set. Okay. And I was kind of on guard because I was like, man, everything my mom is saying is coming true. I said, everything she's saying is coming true. And so we did our first set and then we took a break and I was talking with the musicians. They were standing around me like this and. This guy, I was talking to them, like my hands are the friends. And uh, this guy kind of walked behind me and he grabbed my butt, basically. He grabbed my butt and then he went into a corner and went like this to watch me. And I said, I went like that. And I said, I said, guys, did you see that? And they said, no, we, we just saw somebody pass you. I said, yeah, this guy just grabbed my butt. <laughs> I said, I got to tell this guy something. And at first I was... At first I was angry and then I remembered, remember what your mother said, remember what your mother said, don't get into an argument with this guy because he is a psychopath. So I went over there and I just told him, Hey man, I'm not that way. So don't touch me again, please. And he said to me, you had too many beers. That's all. And then he said, oh yeah, that's the other thing he said, why did you tell your friends? And I said, I told my friends because that's what you did. Anyway, I'm not like that. And then I walked away from him because I didn't want to get into a confrontation because I was, I was in my twenties and I was quite vigorous and, and ready for whatever. And the, I call it the roaring twenties. So I was like, what? <laughs> so, but I said, remember mom. So I left him and we did one more set and then we left the, the club. Now there's the interesting part. The club owner was a good friend of mine. I had worked with him in a place called Montreal in Canada. That's kind of more north in, in Canada. And the next day, one of my band members called me and they said, did you hear what happened? And I said, what happened? That bouncer that you were talking about, 
he broke both the ribs of the club owner and went to jail now for manslaughter. And right then, bells ran off in my head and I said, oh my God, my mom was right. Everything she said was coming true. Everything. And I didn't tell the band member that still because I, I wasn't even going to take a chance and, and tell him all the other stuff that happened to me. So I said, wow, that's incredible. Oh my God. And, and that was the end of that conversation. And then I said, now I'm going to call my girlfriend because I have to see if all this is coming true. That means what she said about her is true too. And so I called my girlfriend and I said, she said, hello. And I said, hello. And I said, tell me something. I said, do you have three kids? And she said, who told you? And I said, no, no, just tell me, do you have three kids? She said, yes, but who told you? And I said, well, if I tell you, you're not going to believe me, but my dead mother told me. And then I told her, I said, if you're going to deny your own kids, I don't know what else you could be denying. So we're finished. We, 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 we're done. So I broke up with her and then I knew that everything my mother had said came true. And I knew that she knows the future, past and present over on the other side. She knows it all. And that was the first experience in the experience, I would call it. Because that in that experience, I experienced God. <laughs> yeah. And it was overwhelming. <laughs> the love was like, I still can't. Every time I think about it, I just, it just, I go crazy about it. It's overwhelming. I can't really put it into human terms, but I can only say it. It's like kind of like being on Hawaii and you're, you're in a relaxer chair and it's the perfect weather and perfect sun and everything is happy and you feel so great and so loved. It's a perfect day. Imagine that a hundred times. And that's how it is over there <laughs> or close to it is, it's no joke. And it's after that I was cured, no more depression, no more drinking, nothing. I was cured. So I was pretty happy about that. And I knew she was safe. And I knew also that she was quite powerful. She knew, she knew things and she was fine. So I was not worried about her anymore. Now I was a, a musician and a, a young musician at that time and a singer. And there was a artist that I, like a mentor that I looked up to. He used to be one of the lead singers for the Platters. I don't know if you heard of that group, but uh, it's like a doo-wop singing group, kind of like the Temptations or stylistic type of group. And we were, he was into drugs and stuff like that. And he introduced me into drugs and I was doing drugs with him. I'm not so proud about that because I thought that was the way to go because he was, he was successful. He had record companies, he had everything. And, and he was an awesome singer, great singer. And so I was kind of like following his footsteps. I mean, because I thought that was the way to go. And I did his last concert with him. He died. And when he died, that was kind of like my wake up call. And I stopped cold Turkey, all drugs, nothing anymore. 
and I kind of replaced it <laughs> with marijuana. So that would be the only thing I would do. I'd smoke, smoke a joint every now and then. That was it. And so I had another girlfriend at that time. This was about five years after my mother's experience. And this one time, it was me and my girlfriend, and we didn't have any any marijuana. We have we didn't have any. So I had a friend said called me and said, "Well, I can bake it in a cake for you and bring it to you." And I said, "Oh, that would be great." I said to my girlfriend at that time, "I said, well, we never had it in a cake." I said, "Let's try that. That, that sounds cool." And so he put a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of marijuana in this cake. And he baked it. He brought it over to, to my apartment with her, with my girlfriend and left. And he just left us a cake and he left. So we saw the cake. It was a chocolate cake. <laughs> and we each took a slice and waited 20 minutes and nothing happened. So we said, must be a bad badge. I said, this is, there's nothing going on. There's nothing happened. So I said, I think we probably have to eat more. So I cut half of the, the cake and she ate one half and I ate the other half. And then 20 minutes went by again and we said, hey, nothing's happened. <laughs> and then another 10 minutes went by and then things started to happen. But it wasn't like getting high. It wasn't that I was getting high. It was more like I was, my body was shutting down because the marijuana was going directly into my bloodstream. And instead of getting me high, he was actually shutting my organs down. So I was like, we were talking and then I would forget to breathe. I was like, oh, I forgot to breathe. Uh, and then I, I could hardly move. And my girlfriend at the time said, you better call 911 while we still can. And I said, yeah, that's a good idea. So I went slowly uh, and dialed 911. And they they came and in Canada, when you call 911 and if there's any kind of drugs in there, the police come. So when I called 911, I was kind of embarrassed because it's like, hello, they said, what's the problem? I said, please, I'm sorry, but we had a cake and we had too much marijuana in it. And I think we're dying. Can you please help? So they came over. And they came also with the police because the police wanted to charge us if there was any drugs there, but <laughs> there was no drugs because we had ate it all. So there was nothing there. So the cops left and then they took us in the ambulance. I was holding on to dear life, by the way, because by the time the ambulance came, I mean, I was like stiff like this, tried to, my heart was trying to beat long enough that they can get to me because I knew that I didn't have much more time to live. Uh, I was freezing up and I, I couldn't hardly breathe. And I was, my heart uh, was tried to beat. So when they arrived, I was really, really happy, but it looked very, very crazy because like it was four o'clock in the morning when they came, they took each of us in different stretchers and there's stairs that when you leave our apartment, you have to climb downstairs like a, a, a rolling stairwell. <laughs> and the neighbors, we were on the third floor, so the neighbors would see us 
<laughs> being carried down at four o'clock in the morning. It just looked wild. And people, they were looking out their windows and, and like, what happened to them? Anyway, we were taken to the hospital. And oh yeah, there's one detail I have to remember. As we were going to the hospital, I saw my dead mother at the reception. She was, she had her, she used to have a, a club, like a club of women, I would call it. And they would go out on the weekend sometime and they had these, I wouldn't call them uniforms, but it was just a certain way they would dress. And they would go on trips together. It's like 10 women. It was like a club and they would go on trips together. They would play bingo parties and stuff like that. And she had this on, this certain kind of shirt that I recognized right away. And as I saw, I just saw her as they were wheeling me past her in the hospital. She was looking through papers, looking for me. And I said to myself, that's strange. And then they rolled me into the hospital room and they rolled my girlfriend into another hospital room. I was in a room by myself and they gave me this like black drink to drink. I thought it was tar, but I, later I find out that it's some kind of charcoal drink, but it's black and tastes horrible, believe me. And so they gave me that and they left the room and I, I drank it all as fast as I could because I knew I said, I want I want everything to be all right. And after I drank it, I was very relaxed because I said, they finally found me. I'm going to be okay. I'm going to live because I thought I was a goner. And as I was relaxing in my hospital bed and by myself, all of a sudden, I, I just heard my heart like it was beating right in my ear. And it started to beat very slow, boom, 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 boom. And then it stopped. And the minute it stopped, boom, I popped up. And I was standing on the side of the bed and my body was in the bed. And at that point, first thing I said then was, I'm out, I'm out. The feeling was so easy to get out of your body. It was so easy that it was just unbelievable for me like drinking a glass of water or taking a, or yawning, you're out, that's it. So I, I was out, I said, I'm out. And, and then I looked at my hand. That's the first thing I looked at my hand and I said, wow, the, my hand was like, how can I describe it? It's like, if you ever watch television and you turn and, and the, it's late, like, and there's no more programs, it goes into what I call emergency broadcasting and, and. The screen just goes shh. And, but if you look in that screen, you're going to see little colors. If you really take your time and look, it's not just gray, there's little colors in it. And that's what I saw was like kind of a gray and bluish tint to my hand, but like that, it looked like that to me. And I was looking at my hand like this, just like this. And then across from my bed was like a sink that was, and there was a drop of water just dropping. Boop. And for some odd reason, I don't know why, but what I found when I was out of my body was that I was more curious. My curiosity was like at top, top level. I don't know why, but it was just like that. And drop of water seemed like the most fascinating thing to me, well, at least to a soul. And I saw it dropping and I said, wow, drop of water. Wow. 
And I, I said, I want to see that up close. And my vision, it just moved up close. The minute, the minute I thought about it, it just went boom, really close. And then boom, really, really bad. And then this next part I can explain. It's like, if I, if you don't ride a bike for 20 years and I give you a bike and I give you a bike, I'm sure you're going to be able to ride it. Even if you haven't ridden for 20 years, that's how it felt. It's like, okay, I'm going to stop time. I think I remember how to do that. Oh yeah. And I just put my hand, just put my hand across in the air, just like that. And the drop of water froze in midair. I stopped time. And then here's the wild part that really, really blew my mind was I said to myself, now I have the drop of water frozen. I said, I would like to see that water from every angle. And I, I, I opened my hand and five of me appeared. And one was on the right, one was on the left, one was underneath the water and one was watching. And then I was watching all five of me. And then this is the funny part. Then when I would close my hand, it would go back to me. And then when I would open my hand, they would all appear boom, right at the water. And I kept doing that. And then I said, I'm going to add a little shake. And they would appear and shake a little bit. And I kept doing that and doing that. I was having a ball. It turned into Bugs Bunny. Sorry. It just did. It, it, it felt like Bugs Bunny. And then I burst out laughing. The sound of my laugh was as if I was laughing in the Grand Canyon. It just went <laughs> into like eternity. And I was like a kid. I was having a party. I was having a ball. I was like doing that, doing that, come back. Wow. No, do it again. Do it, <laughs> do it again. It's finally, ah, oh, then it was back to me. I was having a party. And then there was a voice that came kind of behind me. And it, I got the feeling that I started to get the feeling that somebody was watching me as I was having fun playing. After I left, I started to get the feeling somebody was watching me. And the voice said very gently, very calmly, if you don't go back now, you will have to stay. But it was not an order. It was not telling me you must do this or that. It was just calmly, very neutral and lovingly. The best way to describe it is somebody gently touches your hand. That's it. Gently touches your hand. And I said, yeah, to myself, I said, yeah, it's, yeah I guess I better get back. The heart can't stay not beating for that long. And I guess I was out about, well, in earth time, I would say between 10 and 15 minutes. But over there, it felt like an hour, hour and a half or even long. It was, it just, I felt like I, the room itself, the things were the same, but it had the feeling of like an amusement, like a, a museum. Yeah, that's the best way. Everything didn't feel real when I was looking through it through my soul eyes. Um, just didn't feel real. It just felt like, like Frankenstein's house. Oh, there's a book, but there's, it just felt <laughs> in my soul's eyes. It just didn't feel real. And so the, the oh yeah, there's one more thing I want to say is that is, is that the one thing I didn't want to do once I 
when I first had that experience, when I said I'm out, I didn't, I never wanted to look at my dead body. For some odd reason, that was kind of scary for me. <laughs> I knew I was dead. I knew it, but I didn't want to look at it. I knew my body was over there. And I said, I don't want to look at that. I was afraid that it might have a horrible look on his face, something crazy. And I said, I didn't want to be scared. So I didn't look at it. But when the voice told me, don't you think you should be getting back to your body? Because if you stay out here longer, you'll have to stay. Uh, that's when I just pointed myself in that direction of bed. And I just zoomed into my body. And after that, my heart started to beat and I was okay. And that's the end of the, the story. Oh yeah, that's another thing. Um, the more I stayed playing and, and doing that, the more like, I was like, the best way I describe it like this is kind of like Alka-Seltzer. If you have those little pills of Alka-Seltzer and you put them in water and the longer it stays in the water, the more it dissolves. Well, the longer I stayed out of my body, the more information I got. So it was swelling. It was like one minute I, I, I learned that I could stop time. Next minute I learned that I could divide myself and it's no problem. It was just going on and on. And the longer I stayed out, the more information. And this information I was allowed to bring back. So there's quite a few things that was like a download or swelling of information that I have now. And also there was like, I don't know if you want to call it, I guess you would call it a gift that I got when I came back that I wasn't normal because I, after that experience, I continued with my band and we went to a job in, in a place called Mont Roland, another same similar situation. And we had a band, there was a band and it was a snowstorm and there was nobody in, in the place, just the band and maybe one or two customers because of the snow and the waitresses. So we were drinking a beer, I was having a beer, and I said, oh, come on, waitress over here, I'm gonna tell you your future for fun. I was just doing it for fun. Huh? And I said, give me your left hand, uh, I'm gonna tell you your future. And I said, and I didn't know her from a hole in the wall, didn't know her. It was the first time we played there, so I didn't know her. And I said, your boyfriend is paraplegic. I said, you, he blames you for his handicap. And I said, in three months, from now you're going to leave him and you're going to meet a guy and you're going to marry him right away. And that's going to be the love of your life. And you're going to be happy. And then I put her hand down and finished my beer. And I thought she didn't say nothing that whole, while I was holding her hand, telling her that. And I, I didn't pay no attention to it because I had a few beers. So I didn't bother with it. And I just put her hand in. And the next year I came, we came back to that club in on that we played and she ran up to me and she said, did you know that everything you said was true? I said, what? I said, can't be. I said, really, your boyfriend was really paraplegic? She said, yes. I said, you left him three months after? She said, yes. I said, you met a guy and you got married to him? And she said, showed me the wedding ring. She said, yes. And then the hairs went up my arm and I said, oh my God, what am I? Am I some kind of alien now since I had this? I, I got scared at first. And, and then after that, I, I started to help people with it. But I had 
some quite unusual experiences because I was kind of new to that kind of gift. And one experience was pretty, pretty hard. I don't know if you want to hear that one or not. You go um, ahead. You can share if you're comfortable with it. I'm comfortable with it. I just hope the audience is, well, this is one that it's kind of a sad story. Well, a- another bouncer kind of story, friend of mine, I had a impression one weekend because he does, he watches like he's a doorman that watches for after hours. Cool, cool guy. He loves my music and stuff. Good friend of mine. And, but big guy, super big. And I had an impression like on Thursday that my friend shouldn't go out that weekend. I said, and it was so powerful. But I said, I mean, it, it came to me. It wouldn't let me go for that whole day. I just knew. I said, he can't go out this weekend. And uh, I did a gig and he he was um, like a doorman, what we call after hour places, which is means like when all the clubs close, there's a private little place that stays open. And he was like in, uh, in those. And that's where sometimes I would go after my gig because I didn't want to go right, right away, trade, trade home to sleep because I had so much energy after the gig. So many times I would go to what they call the after hour place and have a drink or just sit with friends and talk about the show or whatever. And I saw him that Friday and I wanted to tell him, but like I said, this is all new to me. I never was able to do that before. So I didn't know, am I just feeling crazy or funny or, or it's just a feeling that I should ignore it or not. And I wanted to tell him and, but I said, well, I'm going to tell him not, don't go out on the weekend. I mean, this guy is huge. Who's going to mess with him? I mean, who? And so I didn't tell him. And well, this part really touches me a little bit. Was that, that Saturday he met a girl and this girl turned out to be like some kind of crazy chick. And he went after his work on Saturday with her to a hotel and she waited to, he fell asleep and she chopped him in the throat. So he lost too much blood and he, he died. And I ended up going to his funeral. And, uh, ever since then I said that if I get an impression, even if it's for the president of the United States, I'm going to tell him, I'm never going to not tell him. And that was a, that was a really hard lesson with my gift. So now I don't hide information. I don't know if to this day, if he would have believed me or not, because he's a huge guy. Like I said, he might say, oh, you're just having a dream. You, but I knew before that he shouldn't go out that weekend. And that was it. And that's part of my gift. Um, I can read people's energies. Uh, one time I had a guy who came um, for reading and he looked perfectly normal. I mean, you see him walk, everything looked perfectly normal. Everything was, and he said, because uh, I do health readings also. And he said to me, um, tell me about my body. And I took his left hand and I held it and I said, oh, your, your, right le- your right leg, your right leg is not real. 
And he said, you are real because I wanted to test you to see if you were really real. And that's right. My right leg is prosthetic, but you can't tell because I, I walk normal, just like everybody. I sit normal, just like everybody. And, and that's more of a positive story. <laughs> and he didn't have so much bad health. He just had some nerve problems that he had to. Yeah, I got some, a lot of downloads from that deaf experience and a lot of information. And some of it was probably a lot hard for, I would say, for people to understand because on the other side, there is no right or wrong. There's no good or bad. There's no better or better. And I would say a lot of things we believe in is not quite accurate as far as religion goes. There was a lot of information given to me about the world, energy, God, Jesuses. Oh yeah, that's another thing. There were many Jesuses, also many Christ. And there was also this Christ energy that was like just under, very high, but very just under unconditional love. It was very high energy, the Christ energy. I was also given that why some people might, what I think why some people might experience hell if they die, because what you believe in this life, you're actually creating on the other side because your soul is so powerful. And here's another one that I don't know even if you're going to agree with me, but this is what I was given was that we all are gods, by the way, and uh, we are part of God, but we also are gods with a big, a capital God. <laughs> we can create a, a universe in a, with, a, with just a thought. And uh, a lot of the Bible, the Old Testament was not as accurate, sorry to say, as the New Testament. And the New Testament isn't all true, but there's a lot of truth in it because it was manipulated a lot by people who wanted to control people with religion and also they wanted to take all the information that the Jesuses were giving to the people and put it in one book. And not a lot of it of the New Testament was true, like these works I do, but you'll do greater works. That's right. Because there is no, there's no real separation and we can do all that Jesus did and even more. And also when Jesus said that I am the son of God and so are you, that's true too. It's not a separation. Like people want to put, oh, Jesus is just the son and then it's me. No, we all like <laughs> a big family. We all are the same. There's no better or better. Even with Jesus, he was, when he came with one of them, a few of them, they came and some of them were very enlightened. Which when I say enlightened, I mean, they, they brought the consciousness of the other side to the physical. And that was one of the reasons why they were able to do miracles and stuff like that. But there's no condemnation on the other side. That's number one. I was a Christian. I grew up as a Christian. So, I mean, and I died high. <laughs> so, so I, in, in other words, I was supposed to have went to hell. Uh, and there was no hell, there was no nothing like that. And people who do have a near-death experience and they experience hell, it's because they believe that it was a hell and they, their soul was actually creating it. 
And once as a soul that's in hell, that realizes that it's creating it, it leaves. Because the people who are what I call diehard Christians who believe, well, once you're into hell, you're in there forever. Well, if the person who experienced hell died in and went to hell and came back, they're not supposed to come back. They're not supposed to be able to leave hell. So that tells you right there <laughs> that the hell that they're in is the created hell. And sorry to say, also the heaven. Heaven is the created heaven. It's what you imagine it to be. But it, uh, it's not a particular place unless you created it already. When you die, I mean, everywhere is heaven <laughs> because it's just God's love and creation. So you can pick a, pick a place. <laughs> Your thoughts are totally powerful on the other side with the minute, the second, even faster than that, that you think something, it, it happens. You have total free will. Oh yeah. Here's the other thing I got was that we choose our parents, we choose our kids. As, as souls and we, when we come in to experience this life. And the other thing was that from my download was that we don't really come to learn lessons. And this is something that a lot of people tend to think, but what I got from the, on the other side from the download was that we don't learn lessons. We came to experience and as we experience, we might learn a lesson, but it's not because we have to, or that this is going to make your soul grow. Not true. Your soul knows everything. It's totally perfect. It doesn't, it, there's no lesson that it needs, but when it's having these experiences, it's kind of like you could learn a lesson while you're doing that experience. That's that part is true. And what else? There was something else. Oh yeah. Right. Karma. There was no karma. That's another thing. There's only what happens, what people consider karma, karma was put into to the Bible in a way that uh, to make people afraid, like you did something or something bad happens. But the real reality is more like law of attraction. If you're doing something bad, you put yourself in that energy vibration. So now you're more open to bad energy coming to you. But it's not because you did something bad. No, it's because your energy, you put yourself in that frequency. If you put yourself in the frequency of lies, if you put yourself in the frequency of putting someone down, you might put them down, but then you're going to be put down because you're in that frequency. So that's the only way I can see karma, but it's not like a punishment. It's more like a universal law, like gravity. If you put yourself in a frequency, a lower frequency, yes. Put yourself in a high frequency, yes. <laughs> so it, it kind of worked like that. Yeah. There's a couple of things you said that was just so fascinating to me. You're differentiating between karma and the law of attraction. I love that because it really puts the power back into people's hands mm -hmm. rather than you're at the mercy of this force and then you get stuck into guilt over whatever you've done. It really puts the power back into people's hands to make the change in their life. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because I mean, first thing, God is love. <laughs> we are love. We are actually it. We're not outside it. We're not the idea of it. We are love, the actual expression of love, the actual love. That's what we are. That's what our souls are. So God 
he's not even into any kind of punishment. If you have a life review, it's more for your soul to watch, uh, for you to watch what you did. And even the angels or, or spirit guides or God that's watching that, they're not watching it to judge you. Only guess who judges you? Yeah. You. You might say, I could have done that better. Because one thing else I realized uh, from my download is that we all are connected. Like, there's a reason why this person may act like a jerk, but you don't know it. When you're on the other side, you might know why they acted like a jerk because two weeks ago their, their girlfriend died or they lost their job and you just happened to come at that time and they didn't feel good and you, you couldn't understand why they were, had such a bad attitude. That's why it's important to always be positive, uh, even when people are not so positive mm -hmm. with you. Mm -hmm. I don't say that you have to hang out with a person if they're on a lower frequency, but I do say treat everybody with as much kindness and love as you can, uh, rather they're polite or not. Because that love is it's very, it's powerful. It's like you drop a rock into a pond and the waves go out and it goes further out than you can see at the moment. Mm -hmm that it happens. So, I mean, I say to people, you can't put your hand through a mountain, a rock in a mountain. You can't, it won't happen. But guess what? If I take a soft drop of water every day, it can put a hole in a mountain. A soft drop of water, can put a hole in a rock. And the water is love. Wow, that's so good. So you mentioned about there being no judgment and Many near-death experiencers say this, and this is something I saw also in my experience, that mm -hmm. we're all just like little children to God, and he sees us as a parent with yes. his or child. But trying to explain this, it can come across so insensitive to people who have really suffered. Like, I've had people comment on my channel who've had a child murdered or some horrible thing, and then it's so hard for them to wrap their minds around the concept of, there being no judgment, what would you say? And I know this is a really difficult question, but what would you say to someone like that? It's not that difficult. I'm going to tell you what I would say. First thing, this is what I learned from my mother. The soul knows the future before it comes. That child knows that it was going to leave. It wasn't going to stay. Second, you're out of your body before you really experience the pain. Mm. You're out. You're not even experiencing the murder. You're out. Your body's, your soul's taken right out. So there's nothing that another soul can do to another soul to control it. You have total free will and no soul can control another soul. Can't, impossible. Because you're so powerful, such a powerful God. Everything that happens, it's all, it's the soul already knows. It already knows. It just came to, experience. And that's what I keep telling people. It's about your perception. I can give you an example. My, my father was one of the reasons why I went into music. And it wasn't because he wanted me to go into music. It was because he played music after work all the time, every day when I was a kid. And this music was so great, so wonderful that I wanted to do it. And when I wanted to do it, he didn't want me to do it. Because he, he said, that's not going to be a profession for you. You're not going to make money out of it and blah, blah, blah. And that made me more determined. And it was very hard because I had no 
real inspiration. My mother supported me, but she wasn't totally on board yet because she was afraid about Jimi Hendrix and all that stuff. And she knew what happened to him and she thought, oh, I don't want you in that world. Yeah. But later when she saw that I, that was really my joy was music, she supported me. But my father didn't for quite a long time until I went on my first world tour. Then he kind of changed his thing and said, oh, maybe something could happen. But it was because of my father with such a hard regime with no support. And I had to support myself. I had to motivate myself. But that made me a better artist, a better singer, a better musician. You see, so that's my whole point is that sometimes a situation in life, it might look hard or it might look hard, actually. But the soul is totally protected, in it. even in a child, even in an abortion, all of that. They know it all. So, I mean, this is more of an experience. We come, it's like, I hate to say it. People ain't going to like that maybe, but life is not as serious as people think it is. It's almost like it's a game and they say, hey, have you been on that game called Earth yet? No, I've, I wouldn't fall for that. Do you lose your memory of that you're not a god anymore? No way. You're going to do it? What? And then you go, then you come back and you say, oh, you won't believe it. It's incredible, that game. It's so incredible. I, but I forgot who I was. And then your other, what I call soul group or friend says, oh, I got to go. But this time I won't forget who I am. And they go and they go and yeah. And that's how it is. And because, but there's still, the game is so well, it's still precious. It's still love and life is precious, but it's really the love that's the precious thing in life. And because the life, it, it, it's really like a game on, this, on the other side, sorry. It's kind of like a game and it's not so serious and when my mother was talking to me, I could still see or feel her relationship with the angel. And the relationship kind of was like, she was like, kind of wanted to tell the angel, like, you have to get me over there. My son is in trouble. I, 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 you got to get me over there. And she still, still was kind of in a period of adjustment. And it's been, it was a while since she had been dying. So it doesn't, it doesn't all happen for everybody like that it's like it depends on the soul it's not it's not a one size fits all some souls going to take maybe longer adjustment some souls are going to go right right back into hey i'm back mm. depending on the earth life because the earth life also can affect the souls sometimes so you mentioned a couple times about us all being gods on the other side and it brought to mind something that I heard recently. Just briefly, the right-hand path of spirituality is the belief that uh, we're all a part of God, like a drop in the ocean, and then we're evolving back towards God, and at some point we'll dissolve back into the totality. And then the left-hand path is the idea that we are all our own individual light. Like we all came from God, we're part of God, obviously, but we're developing as an individual and God and the entire universe and each one of us is developing upward as a divine being. So what are your thoughts on those two paths? Based on what you said, it sounds like maybe you would lean more towards the left hand. Well, actually, yes, because you, you do keep your personality. Mm -hmm. 
because I was laughing on the other side. And that's me. I like to laugh. So that's for sure. You have your total freedom on the other side. Well, yeah, what I wanted to say was uh, in the, the second near-death experience was that the voice that I heard behind me was kind of like a parent telling a child, hey, slow down, don't go around the corner so fast you could fall. It was like just like that. Hey, don't stay out here too long, otherwise you could end up staying. Gentle, but just like a parent. <laughs> That's how I felt. That best describes it. And no, there was no feeling of, I'm going to dissolve. Uh, my mother didn't dissolve. Mm-hmm. And um, she didn't give me no impression that she's dissolving or going like that. No, I didn't get that impression at all. I got the impression that you have total freedom and total choice. Now, if you want to if you want to merge with Source, uh, what I got the feeling, you can do that and totally be in source and lose and and not have your identity. But that's a choice if you want. That's never a a must. There's no must. God lets you do whatever you want on the other side. There's no must. You must do this or you must dissolve back or you must. There's no must over there. It's just love and total freedom. And that's, and love is freedom actually. So no, I I, I don't, I I would definitely gear towards the left. (laughs) Yeah, yes. that's the way I've been blaming myself lately based on what I've heard from different experiencers. Somebody recently said, I think it was Christian Sunberg, and he was talking about, it's very similar to what you said, that it's not so much about learning lessons because we're already perfect, but it's exactly he said it's about the expansion of love. And it was very hard for him to describe. Well, I would kind of agree with that, but it's, it happens naturally, not so much like a mission or I've got to expand. I've got to expand. It, I think it, it happens naturally with every experience, not only on earth. I think there's other planets and all kinds of other things. All those experiences makes the soul expand. That's the best way I can describe it. But I don't get the feeling that there's a mission. There's agreements, I must say. You have agreements with other souls. Yeah. And those agreements, like somebody asked me once in a reading, they said, which one is, is more real? Is it destiny or free will? And I told them both. Because some things you've already planned on your, your life path before you were born. You planned it. So some people you're going to meet, no matter what you do, I don't care if you're just laying on the grass all your life, guess what? There's going to be somebody you're going to meet that you had planned that you were supposed to meet. And other things are free will. You can choose which road you want to go. And down that, it's like my mother offered those two timelines, possibilities. There were two. And she showed me very clearly that there were two. And she went down both of them. She told me which what would happen on both of them. And everything she said came true. I mean, that guy is still in jail to this day. So I get goosebumps even talking about that Mm -hmm. story every time I talk about it. Another thing I would like to mention that I got to download was that the earth is changing energy. Oh, yes. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. That energy change is basically the earth is going to a higher frequency. She's leaving three, what you call third dimension, whatever. Mm -hmm. And she's going to more like a higher dimension, five dimensional, whatever you want to call it, a higher dimension. 
And what that's doing is that um, people who want to stay on a 3D or, or, or lower vibration are going to have a very hard time. And that, that's why the world is dividing, if you can see it very clearly. It's totally dividing. And people who are living in fear and anger is going to be on one side, and people who are living in love and joy is going to be on another side. And right now, we're like having kind of like two timelines uh, on top of each other. And that's why it's all confusing. It seems so confusing. But it's not about intelligence now. It's about vibration. That, that's what I would tell your listeners. Don't feel, if you feel like physically strange some days, mm -hmm. it's because the earth is rising and she will continue to rise until she reaches a certain vibration. She was, what I got was that she was, she kind of made an agreement to play this game <laughs> for a couple billion years. I know all oh, this is really heavy stuff, but, uh, but I'm going to tell it because I can, you told, you gave me an opportunity, mm -hmm. so I'll tell it. She made an agreement to play this game for souls to experience, uh, which is a lower density. Because where my mother came from to visit me was such a high density, I could barely stand it in my room. It, it was so high and full of love and power. I was like, oh, mom, you're everything. It was, it was, it, it's incredible. So the earth dis wanted, decided to leave, to decide to rise its vibration. And the other souls that, because there's souls that created this game, because we create kind of games on the other side. <laughs> And they wanted her to stay. And she said, no, I don't want to stay anymore. That was the agreement a few billion years and time is up. And uh, so they wanted to try to force her. But like I told you, no soul can force another soul. Mm -hmm. So the earth called out for other souls to help her, which you might call star seeds or whatever, to be born onto the earth to help her raise her vibration. She could do it on her own, but it would take a lot longer. It's like if you're moving from one apartment to another, you could do it all on your own. But if you have friends come, they would help you and you move faster, right? Mm -hmm. And it's the same in the spiritual world. So that's what she's doing now. She's just raising vibration. So things are going to change. And um, I tell people, stay as positive as you can and try not to get caught up too much in the the changes you're going to see in family, close friends, all around you. Because when the vibration, when the vibration change hits, it changes everything and everybody. And it just defines basically what vibration you are currently in. Mm -hmm. It just defines it clearly. And so that's why you have this big divide and you have people who are friends for years and years. Now they're not friends anymore. Mm. because it's not it's because of the vibration because people will choose the lower vibration fear and anger and others will choose the higher vibration but again i want to make that clear too is that it's just a choice between vanilla or strawberry because on the other side there is no no good or bad it's just perception mm. and experience that's it because guess what all is god all, all, the bad person, the good person, all is God. And I, I look at it like this. There's many roads going to the mountain, and the mountain is God. 
Now, some people might be on a lower vibration, which is what I call the long way home. And some people will be on a high vibration, which is the shorter way. The person on taking the longer way home is not better than you. They just chose a different path. Mm -hmm. That's the perception of it. That's exactly the perception of it. Because every soul has the choice. God gives you, God gives us all the free choice, whatever you want to do. You can create a whole island on the other side. You can create whatever you want. Oh yeah, that's another thing. So many people back in Jesus's days, Jesus is that it created a, an opening for a soul to become, just to come as Jesus or to come as Christ. So this, what we worship and believe in, we can actually create an opportunity for another soul to come in as that person. Mm. That's one thing. Yeah. And a lot of, yeah, the New Testament, a lot of it is correct, but some of it's not correct because of manipulation and what they wanted to write. And they wanted people to be afraid more. They wanted more separation that, oh, that Jesus was the only one and you're not part of God, but it's Jesus. They didn't want to connect it to that. Hey, we are one. We are, we're all just brothers and sisters. He just has a different name than me. <laughs> and, and maybe he came as a more enlightened person in the physical than me, but that's about it. But as far as soul goes, mm -mm, we're all the same. We're all love. We're all love. That's it. That's all I can, what it would say to people watching, be careful about the energy changes that are happening. There's going to be quite a few and quite powerful ones. Stay as positive as you can in positive vibration and you'll be all right. Nature is very powerful, very connected to God right away. So if you take a walk in the nature, you can be energized and you can be connected with God right away, very fast. Just sitting in the nature, just sitting on, on next to a tree. And also be careful not to judge anybody because if you judge someone, you're judging yourself because just because a person believes one thing and you believe another doesn't mean that that you should think of them as a bad person or, or less of a person. They're just on a different path than you. And maybe you're more aware at this particular time, but it doesn't mean that you're better or that I'm better. Mm. That, that's all. That's it. Just different choices. And that's all. And we can help each other. And that's our true essence and our true power. And that's another thing that's being, that's going to come out a lot more is the spiritual power in the physical world, what we really are and what we really can do. That's going to come out, even though they've been trying to stop it for, I don't know how many hundreds of years, but it's coming out. And yeah, uh, whatever brings joy and love is from God. If it's bringing you joy and love, joy and love is of God. And that's it. Thank you so much for sharing all that, Dennis. You just gave us so much wisdom condensed into like a short time. So I'm going to have to go back and watch this several times. Oh, sorry. Um, I've had no, 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 much. no. That's a good thing. But I, I just wanted to highlight one thing you said. First, what you said about the earth doesn't sound strange at all to me because I see this coming out in a lot of different spiritual teachings. I don't know if you're familiar with Law of One or with Dolores Cannon and Michael Newton, but they all talk about the earth change and how it's going to a higher density and how we're going to have these two different timelines. Um, but the thing that you said that I really loved was the choice between vanilla and strawberry and yeah. how it's not a right or wrong. And I see a lot of spiritual teachers right now 
really getting stuck in judgment, I think. And it just spreads more fear because they're telling people, well, if you don't have this specific non-religious or political affiliation, then you're making the choice for fear and you're on the wrong side. And that's just not what it's all about. And I love Mm -hmm. what you said. It's about the frequency of love and joy, which is the opposite of judging people and spreading fear. Exactly. Exactly. And that's why it's going to show very clearly who's who, even if they try to hide it, it won't be able to, they won't be able to do it because we're on a planet that's rising in vibration. So if you're in a lower vibration, that's not good for you if you're in a lower vibration. So that's going to make you even try even more to be lower, actually, to fight to be lower. Um, so it, it's, yeah, it's not about judging. It's just that they decide, some souls decided they want to continue to experience the lower vibration. And there's nothing wrong with that if they want to do that, if that's what they want to do. Free will is free will. But because on the other side, it doesn't really matter. It's just an experience. It's just mm-hmm. perception. <laughs> so, so what we consider, oh, that was wrong and that person was wrong. It's a joke. They were playing a role. They decided to be Napoleon. So they, they were near Napoleon. Mm-hmm. So they did what Napoleon does, war and all kinds of other stuff. But when that role is finished, guess who they are? Love. That's why I, I promote love. I, mm-hmm. I try to promote love to every person, no matter whether they agree with me or not, or whether they think I'm whatever. I promote love because this is who I really am and how I know who I really am. So (laughs) this is what I do and I find more joy out of life. Yes, the earth game is not always easy because of duality and and stuff. And also we've chosen to be at the time where we're going to actually experience a, a full vibration change, which is going to bring us to even a higher frequency. I don't know if you into that every month the frequency is rising it's not even the same as the last month <laughs> and so you're going to experience some people are going to experience little little aches and pains in their body they don't know why some people are going to experience nervousness for no reason very one day they're fine and next day everything is oh i got to be careful that day yes maybe because the earth might have changed that day mm-hmm. and your vibe your body vibration has to catch up and it takes time sometimes at least for me, it takes time for it to, yeah. to catch up. And other times you, you flow right with it and it's easy. But yeah, that's what I would tell the readers, the people who are listening is that don't be alarmed by the earth change. It's a positive thing, not a negative. And even if the media and all the news try to make it into this negative thing, they do it for a reason to bring you in a lower vibration to join so you can join their gang. But if you, I would suggest as much as you can to avoid the news and newspapers mm-hmm. and really go into nature, animals, children. Children are connected to the other side. As we grow, we kind of lose the connection as we get older, but children up until 13, 14, a lot of them are connected to the other side. So a lot of things that you think there's imaginary friends and all that stuff, they're really seeing those people, those entities. They're really there, actually. It's not all, it's not all imaginary. <laughs> that's what, that's what I want to say, because they're connected to the other side. And that's why a lot of parents who think they're teaching their kids, actually their kids are teaching them. 
Oh, yeah, I can attest to that. Yeah, because we're learning from them because sometimes we've forgotten how it was. Yeah. We forgot how it was, how it, what, how it is that kids, they, they fall and then the next two minutes they're laughing. Uh, how is it that they, they're just ready for life? They, they just go with life with no fear. That's how it should be. But um, yeah, that's it. Yeah. All right. Well, is there anything final word you'd like to say before we go? I can't express enough that thank you very much for having me on your show, really from my heart. And for the listeners, try not to judge people, please. In these times, these different changing times. And also remember that the earth is changing vibration, changing energy. And so you may feel strange things at strange times. And as she changes her vibration, it's going to divide people into fear and anger and into love and joy. So you just choose what team you want to be on. But no team is better than the other. Just different. Yeah. That's it. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Dennis. I'm so glad, Melissa, that I'm on your program. Thank you so much for having me and being able to tell the story because you're the actually second person that I did it in public that I told my story. I was on the on Jeff's show, yeah. Jeff Mara's show, and he was the first and you're the second. I, I love your view, your views on Christ and that's exactly it. Like I said, I was a Christian and I died and I saw that a lot of the a lot of the Bible stuff that I was taught went right out the window. Mm. It was not true. And I said, and the things you say about Christ, I said, yeah, that's more like it. That's more what the impression and the download I got about Christ mm. was that he was trying to show you how to play this game, how to live on earth with love. But he was not trying to show you about judgment and fear and separation. When he's asked the people, who can throw the first stone who, who has never done bad before? Throw the first stone at this woman. And nobody could do it. So he, he was not, he was very much misinterpreted, Jesus. Because that, I, what I get, he was such a, a threat to the people who were in charge, the religious people and the, the government, that they did everything they could to make his message unclear or, or a fearful message. But that's not what he, the real Jesus was not about. So I'm really, really pleased and honored and blessed. And I really thank you so much for my heart uh, for allowing me to tell the people because so many people suffer about loved ones about death or, or the fear of death. And there's no need uh, for that at all. It's a joke. You're going to laugh. If you die, you're going to laugh. You're going to say, what? That's it? Yep, that was it. it, it all the hype and all the, all the television, all the die. Uh, no, no, it's not like that. Just go, you're, you're gone. And if you're suffering in this life, most likely your soul is gone before, even before that. 